0: The Warriors All 82 Podcast is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know Warriors ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you that all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. The app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. So head to the App Store or Play Store now to download GameTime and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. Hello and welcome back to a perfect tanking edition of the Warriors All-82 podcast. Chris Kersner, Atlanta Hawks, uh, beat writer for The Athletic, is with me. And, uh, you know, a lot of these Warriors losses this year, the fan base is called, like, perfectly executed where they're competitive. They get, uh, you know, good young performances and then they just lose at the end, even though they give the crowd, uh, you know some entertainment uh this to me is a more perfect tank loss because they face another team that is 4 and 16 coming in atlanta and they give them a fifth win take their loss and give atlanta a little confidence moving forward like that's their competition potentially for these lottery odds so couldn't have been uh i guess executed better by the warriors tonight
1: yeah, I mean, absolutely. But that was probably one of the worst basketball games I've watched recently. It's got to be a top ten worst game of the year like <laughs> across the NBA, right? It was really bad. Um, I think Atlanta shot around 40% from the field and won by over 20 points. So really nothing to write home about about this game. Um, you know, it's it's definitely, uh, you know, this game could definitely come into Play later on when we get to the draft lottery, um, and you know the Hawks are definitely going to be one of those teams. At least I think because uh, you know they're five and sixteen right now. A lot of young players that are getting minutes on this roster. Two rookies are starting, and DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish. So um, yeah, I mean I think this this win tonight is good for I mean good for the Warriors. And you know remember talking about draft lottery odds. So the
0: Hawks had the second worst defense entering the, the uh, game, and only the Wizards were worse. What is what was the uh, Hawks' best defensive performance before tonight?
1: Oh, I'm trying to think.
0: They they hadn't they like only held one team under a hundred.
1: Yeah, I think um, so. They started the season two and zero. Oh. They beat Detroit on the road and they beat Orlando at home. I think both of those wins, the opponent didn't score 100, but that was when they were at full strength. John Collins was in the lineup. Um, You know, they had all their pieces that are actually important for this Hawks roster. So when Collins got suspended, it was game six, and then Kevin Herter got injured in the Denver game, Um, the defense has just been absolutely horrid. Um, You know, they gave up over 150 to both the Clippers and the Rockets <laughs>
0: the Warriors almost only got half of that tonight. 79 by yeah. the way they finished oh. with 13 in the third quarter um, yeah it uh, it's a, so this was worse than even expected but the Warriors started Alec Burks, Glenn Robinson uh, Kevon Looney replaced Draymond Green and it's a very stiff version of Kevon Looney in his first game back after missing 20 games, Willie Cauley-Stein um, and Eric Paschal. That's two small forwards, really a tweener, three, four, and then two centers in the modern NBA. Uh, I'm not sure I've seen an NBA lineup like that. Zero guards on the floor. Their only point guard is Kai Bowman, who's a two-way guy. And that's against a Trey Young team. Uh, It kind of, you could see them early say, you know, this might work to to post Alec Burks because, you know, everyone's over 6'6", post Alec Burks on Trae Young. I think that
1: happened on the first uh, play of the game, actually.
0: And it worked, and it was like, oh, maybe they found something. But then it's like just like the lack of guard play Uh and just like the big stiffness of the whole lineup. Like that was one of the worst offensive uh, just personnel groupings I've seen in a long time.
1: Yeah, and I I kind of feel bad for you because you've gotten to you've know, gotten so used to so beautiful basketball, the man. Greatest
0: offenses ever.
1: <laughs> I'm kind of enjoying the season. And now you got you know Alec Burks, Willie Cauley Stein on the floor. It's 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 uh it's pretty brutal. But you now this is my second season covering the Hawks, and I've seen some really just absolutely horrible lineups on the floor where you're just like. How can a team with these five guys on the floor actually score points? And, you know, Atlanta's gotten used to that. I'm not sure if Golden State fans have gotten used to that yet.
0: This was was probably the worst I've seen this season. There's been a lot. Um, I wanted to bring you on uh, to talk about Amari Spellman. Uh, you know, he obviously people kind of at this point, especially Warriors fans, know the story. You know, obviously he gets drafted, what was it, 30th overall, 30th. Um, in the first round a couple years ago. Uh, has a really kind of disastrous rookie year, um, and has turned it around since the summer trade. Is now down under 260 pounds. He's playing like four five combo for the Warriors. He's he him and Eric Pascal have probably been the two biggest like feel good stories from these Warriors young guys, along with Kai Bowman. Um, they picked up his third-year option. It's starting to look like he, when they have a reloaded version of this team, it's starting to look like they view him potentially as like a ninth man, like you know, energy big off the bench that can stretch it a little. That you know, on nights in the regular season where you're feeling a little dull, you inject them and he just flies around and tips some rebounds out. Um, can you, first of all, are you stunned that it's come to this? How quickly Spellman has kind of resurrected his career, uh, and then I kind of want to get into exactly how bad it was last year.
1: Yeah, I actually am surprised that he's you know turned it around because you know I was in Las Vegas for summer league and he was actually playing with the Hawks in summer league and he was the only second year player on the roster. Trey Young didn't play in summer league and, and Kevin Herter didn't play and those first few minutes of summer league were, uh, for the Hawks' first game, like you could tell that nothing had changed and it potentially got worse and it did get worse. He was over three hundred pounds. Three fifteen, I th- believe you said. Yeah, three fifteen. And you could tell that he was, you know, very, very large. And going into the summer I had known that the Hawks organization, um, you know, they were really getting furious with Spellman because over time, you know, you can only tell somebody so many times, you need to get better, you need to get better, you need to get better. And he just didn't get better. He got worse. Um, you know, he gained weight during the season. I think at one point it was in December. He was, I think it was two two eighty seven. They sent him down to Erie for um, the Hawks G League team, and it just didn't get better. Didn't get better over time. He hurt his ankle. A lot of people in the organization felt that it was weight related, and going into the summer he needed a change, and he didn't. So they just, you know, decided to part ways.
0: Omari, uh, you know, I did an interview with them a few days ago and posted it this morning. And, I mean, it was, I I thought, a very mature approach to it, like really blaming himself and saying you can't blame Atlanta. They tried counseling. They tried therapists. They tried a nutritionist. uh, And it was just he was in such a bad mental place in Atlanta uh, that the best thing that could have happened for him was the wake-up call, the trade, going into Bob Myers' office, Bob Myers saying, get down to 280. Um, But it's while he publicly – and I think rightfully is being very, like, uh, I guess, self-blaming. It also does kind of seem like he has a little bit of, uh, you know sourness towards the organization, even if he's not going to voice it. You could tell a little bit in post game tonight. Somebody asked about, um, you know, how, how similar are these organizations? Because Travis Slank used to be in the wars. He said, none, not at all. And then you kind of tried to follow up on it, and you could tell he didn't want to, like, detail it because he – I think he has properly been telling himself PR-wise, do not kill the Hawks because you were a problem talking to himself. But do you sense that, that he has some issues
1: with the Hawks? I talked to him pregame, and some of the answers – were, I don't know if they were like very revealing, but you could tell that there was some level of frustration that, uh, this is a guy, you know, he's the 30th pick in the draft. So he's not like one of those top 10 picks that the franchise is heavily investing in. So. You know, he, I think in some ways, because you know, just talking with Spellman over the past year now, um, you know, some of the answers when you do talk to him, you can tell that there's something else that he actually wants to say but isn't going to actually say it. And there were some questions I asked pregame that were like that. You know, I do think that um, he is frustrated with himself with just how he handled things personally. Um, and even going back to last season, I, I would talk to him about his diet because he was public with it then. Um,
0: Shockingly public about it. Yeah. I mean, it's awesome, but it's just yeah. rare.
1: Yeah, it's super rare. I mean, he quote unquote called himself fat. And not many people, not even just athletes, would actually go that far and, and realize that it was an issue. But I do feel like he it, kind of feels slighted in some way that they only gave him one year to actually work through things because even Steve Kerr during pregame said sometimes rookies just take a little while to adjust to the league and not every rookie is going to adjust to adulthood the same way as other people do or you know Trey Young adjusted differently than Amari Spellman did so I think in some ways he does feel that the Hawks gave up on him too fast.
0: Yeah, and one thing I would also say, uh, and this is with me not knowing – I mean, I know Schlenk a little bit from his Warriors days. I don't really know Lloyd Pierce. I don't really know how stuff is run in Atlanta like you do. But the Warriors are kind of, you know, especially under Steve Kerr and Bob Myers, more free-spirited organization. Um, You know, they're playing music at practice. It's a laid-back atmosphere. Um, It's it's right now at a very healthy, I think, organizational standpoint where they understand their own situation. They have the good – i guess uh you know they, they've got so much goodwill behind them because of the titles that there's there's so such little pressure around these young guys that i do kind of think personality spellman in the warriors organization fits well and just like the low stress environment fits very well whereas i don't know but like was atlanta do you think uh, I, does did he not necessarily kind of like fit with the culture they were trying to build down here
1: no, I, I, I disagree with that. I mean, you know, just being around Atlanta now, this is my second season covering them. Um, the culture is super relaxed. Yeah. Um In my last job, I was covering Alabama football and dealing with Nick Saban. Well, yeah, that. that, Oh, man. (laughs) So, I mean, like, it's a total opposite with Lloyd Pierce and Travis Schlank. It's super relaxed. Uh, Lloyd is one of the more personal people I've talked to in, you know, my my sports journalism career so far. I mean, he's super relaxed. Travis is one of the more accessible GMs. He's always, you know, trying to um, appease the players, make sure they have everything. Um, He brought in Chelsea Lane from Golden State, who's regarded as one of the better um, athletic trainers. Where's are missing her. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, Chelsea's done really good things here, so the the culture, I, I really do think it, it fit Amari's personality. I don't think that was really the issue. I think it was just an, a matter of not knowing how to navigate adulthood
0: yeah and they got him at the wrong time clearly mm-hmm. you know it's and that's what it is in the nba uh you, the warriors are hoping they got marquise chris at the right time after he kind of flamed out phoenix houston um they also traded Spellman for damian jones who um it's weird he was such a non-story for like warriors followers warriors fans uh coming into this game that they're you know the Spellman, because of maybe the friction between him and Atlanta, was a story. Damian Jones really had four really nondescript years um, with the Warriors. Uh, started some games and never really did anything. Taurus Pack a couple times, missed most of his time there. He was pretty good tonight, actually. Uh, had a bunch of dunks, but uh, tell the people like what Damian Jones is doing here. How he, I mean, he's starting, but it doesn't sound like he's necessarily has a firm grip on a future role with the Hawks.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think Warriors fans are are shedding any tears over losing yes. Damian Jones. Um, Damian, he's starting for the Hawks right now, but I would definitely call the Hawks' rotation at center a wasteland. They've really gotten little to zero production from the Hawks centers every single game didn't Alex Lynn
0: tell you he like wanted to be an all-star or something?
1: Like that? <laughs> I totally forgot about that yes uh, co- going into the season I uh, spoke to spoke to Len going into it because you know to his credit he did play really well especially in the second half of the season um, I, not many people know this but Len was the Hawks leader in three-point percentage after the all-star break shot 41 percent was getting you know nearly 4 attempts per game. It's that's not a, you know, that's, a, that's solid. Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a solid number for a guy who going into last season was his first year really shooting threes. So, yeah, I mean, Lang go, going into the season said he wants to be an Eastern Conference All-Star. He thought he could, you know, win most most improved player. Uh, it's, he's back, <laughs> and he's
0: backing up Damian Jones.
1: And he's backing up Damian Jones. Um, and even Bruno Fernandos, um, their, the, the rookie that they drafted in the second round, is getting more minutes than him in, uh, in some of these games. But, you know, even, even with that, I, I still think Len is the best center on this roster. Um, you know, we talk, uh, we talk pregame about Jones. Really the only thing Damian Jones can do is run to the rim and catch lobs and that's really all he's shown he's not really a factor defensively he's not really a factor grabbing rebounds which the Hawks are dead last in, in defensive rebound percentage and Jones not grabbing rebounds is a big part of that so that I, I don't think the Warriors are really crying over losing him
0: low feel for the game I would say is the main thing um, so wider scope the trade was Jones for Spellman Warriors added a second round pick it helped the Warriors because uh, get 400,000 below the hard cap. They were really kind of coming up against it. Uh, and Spellman makes 400K less than Jones this year. Uh, from the Warrior side of things, I think only having to get up a very, what, what year is it? It's like a 2020, 2025. 2025 um, second rounder navigating the hard cap well and getting what they feel like is a future piece for Damian Jones uh, to them they think it's a home run trade you know on the margins it's it's not a huge NBA trade a James Harden to Houston is the home run trade but you know it's it's a good general managerial move by Bob Myers do you think the Hawks view that swap as a fail or is it just uh, kind of uh, negated by the fact that Spelman probably wouldn't have done this for them
1: yeah, I mean, talking to people in the Hawks organization, the the main reason why they did the trade, the day Spellman got traded, they signed Jabari Parker to a two year deal, and they felt that Jabari um, was a, a an upgrade just from the roster standpoint. He's still only twenty four years old, um, and Jabari has played you know solid basketball. He's he's still kind of a non-factor on defense but you know filling in for John Collins he's done a considerable job in the role that he's in so they felt that the the reason for the trade was Spellman gets to have a fresh start they still get a young player in Jabari Parker um you know who knows what he can develop into they feel like he can actually you know kind of turn around what he's been doing coming off the bench in Chicago and, and, and Washington in, in this past season. So that was really the main reason, and they also got a pick. But, you know, in the current standpoint, they lose someone like Spellman who could have helped their rebounding woes, who could have helped their three-point shooting woes. You know, coming into tonight, you know, the Hawks are, I, I said, at 30th in, in rebounding, but they're also 29th in three-point percentage. And having Spellman, uh, you know, a big man who can spread uh, space the floor, they don't have that really right now in Jones. And, and Alex Lennon struggled. So, you know, in the current standpoint, losing someone like him definitely hurts the Hawks.
0: All right, so Warriors are four and eighteen. Uh, the Knicks, who got blown out tonight too, it's funny. I was looking at the scores. I was like, okay, so now the Hawks are five win. Uh, there's only one other four win team. Did the Knicks play tonight? Oh, they're down thirty four right now to the Bucks. Uh, so the Knicks are four and seventeen. Uh, Hawks are third worst record right now. With that, now they're five and sixteen. I believe the Cavaliers are five and fourteen. Uh, who is your prediction for worst record in the league by the end of the season?
1: It's hard to, to pick against the Warriors. I mean, just with the roster that they have, I, I I can't see this team winning many games, although you can't discount the Knicks because they're, they're just – Always going to be a mess. I mean, I grew up in New York City and grew up a Knicks fan, and it's my entire life they've Their been. an office thinks they should be winning right now. <laughs> and like you sign 20 power forwards in the off season and, and you expect to win games, I don't understand it. But you know, I, I think just with the roster that the Warriors have, the amount of young players that they're relying on, it's, it's hard to pick against them right now.
0: Yeah, the the uh, concern, if you want to call it that, uh, for the Warriors, uh, you know chase for 30th is the fact that D'Angelo Russell is going to be back later this week and that's just we saw it when he had an ankle injury early in the season and then he came back and had a 52 point game a 30 point game like if you put Russell in this game tonight it's just way more competitive just because the severe lack of guard play and scoring that the Warriors obviously had so if he can stay healthy uh, I think they may win a few more games than you know necessarily the high high decision makers may want to Um, and then also like Steph Curry. Could come back in March, and if Steph Curry gives 15 to 20 games this season, you might win eight of those, and that might be a problem, you know, when it comes to battling. uh, You know, an eight wins, an eight and seven stretch over a 15 game period could sky you past the Knicks. And I'm thinking the Cleveland Cavaliers sitting at five and 14. I know they were like kind of frisky to start it. John Beeline kind of installing his system. Like, that's a really bad roster, though.
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely a bad roster, and and, you know, I, I definitely didn't take into account that Steph Curry could come back you know I, I just don't know if the Warriors have any plans to bring him back if yeah. they're just completely out of the race I know f- from a competitive standpoint I'm sure Steph wants to play if he's if he's hundred percent healthy but organizationally I don't know what use that really is to play him when they they're probably going to be out of the playoff race by then
0: yeah I think they want to see him with Russell because they need to make a decision by the summer on Russell like is he a long-term fit or do they need to break him up into smaller pieces and some picks? And, uh, you know, people have talked about the Robert Covington, a Kogi type package. Um, And again, what you're saying is correct. Like if Steph Curry's healthy, like Steph Curry's in his prime, Steph Curry wants to like play basketball. He enjoys it. Uh, So I, if I had to predict, I think he's going to get 15 to 20 games in this year. I honestly wouldn't even be shocked if they give Clay Thompson six to seven towards the end of the year, if the knee, Rehabs really well because like I always bring uh back the um reference to Paul George. Paul George breaks his leg and people kind of think he just misses the full year. He actually played six games at the end of that year to kind of just get him a little bit of a rhythm and confidence going into the summer. I could see the Warriors wanting to do that uh with clay just to get the body confidence-wise, and that might mean he hits four threes and wins an accidental game that jumps them over the Cavaliers. But again, fans get mad at me sometimes I'm, I'm talking about this stuff too early in the season um but what else am i going to talk about they're about to go to chicago and charlotte uh, for more tank battles
1: I, th- I think we should also talk about the hornets because i think the hornets they've definitely started off surprisingly off well eight wins. They i think they do have eight wins i i didn't think the hornets just looking at their roster oh, coming into it so i bad. thought they were going to win 15 games max and they've won eight so i i still think it's a bad roster and i'm curious to see how they're gonna evolve over the season
0: that's the warriors next game could be a big one uh warriors already lost at home to the hornets um but yeah no i appreciate you coming on um you want to plug any of your work just i mean obviously it's it's uh you know on the hawks page on the athletic
1: yeah um you know i think um you know, there's definitely some a little bit of Warriors crossover, especially in the front office with Travis Schlank, Dan Martinez. Travis Schlank's right-hand man is Love here. Love Dan
0: Martinez.
1: Chelsea Lane's here. But... Yeah, I mean, I, I think even the, even though the Hawks are, are pretty bad right now, I think once they get Collins back, once they get Herter back, they'll, they'll be a, a much more fun team to watch. I think g- going into the season, I felt like the Hawks were going to be one of those you know, fun teams to watch, and obviously it's turned into a disaster to start. But I, I, I do think that you know, if you are a Warriors fan, um, you know, I think there are a little bit of similarities just to how they play, so I, I would definitely check out my work.
0: Yeah, I first thought they were like maybe fringe playoff-y uh, at the beginning of the year. And they had like a really good start. But, yeah, no, it's kind of teetered poorly. Similar to a New Orleans, I almost think, out west, you know, with the Zion hype and that young team and the way they've kind of had a disastrous turn. But, Chris, uh, again, appreciate you coming on. Uh, and everybody, subscribe to The Athletic. You can read, read me. You can read him. You can read uh, pretty much everything else in sports media these days. We have so many writers now. So uh, I will talk to you from Charlotte. It should be a thrilling one.